0: what is up guys it is quinn here and in today's video i'm going to be talking about a mistake that i think is very common in the fantasy football community and that mistake is going to be fading players who have burned you in previous seasons so maybe this is something you know you do right now or you have done or maybe you know someone who does this but i think it's kind of a very common sentiment where if you draft a player you know first second round they underperform get injured you know whatever happens they don't live up to expectations You'll see people the next year be like, not drafting this player. They burned me, you know, not going back to the well. And I kind of just feel like this is flawed logic. Like, obviously, you know, that player may not be your favorite. You may not be, you know, rooting for that guy to be a Hall of Famer, whatever. But I feel like, you know, just because they had one bad year, you draft them, it didn't go well, it doesn't mean that you should just totally cut them off and no longer look to draft them for fantasy football. Because if we're being honest, right? Like if a player underperforms, it's more than likely that their value is going to drop. So it's not like you're spending the same draft capital on that player. And I think you also kind of just set yourself up to miss out on solid values. If you're just so blinded, you know, on the previous season, you're not really living in the present. I just think you're going to miss out. So I'm going to talk about a player that I think a lot of people faded last year for, you know, underperforming in previous seasons. And then I'm going to talk about a few players that I think people are fading this year but should probably be back in on, you know, because they're going at a much cheaper price. So the first guy, this was very common last off season. I was a big Joe Mixon fan, but in basically every video I talked about him, there were people in the comments like, you know, not going to get burned again. He's not going to fool me. And obviously, you know, he underperformed in 2019. Then he missed 10 games in the 2020 season. It kind of looked like he was going to repeat 2019. You know, he was okay in terms of points per game, But he had one like boom week thrown in there, which really helped his numbers. So he had burned owners in back-to-back seasons. It's not great. But when you just look at Joe Mixon as a player heading into the 2021 season, he was lined up for a massive year. You're just looking at the whole situation. He had no competition in that backfield. He was likely going to step into a workhorse role. This offense was going to be much better with Joe Burrow coming back off the ACL. You had Jamar Chase coming in. And you still had people just blindly fading him because they were upset, you know, he didn't perform well in 2019 and then because he got injured in 2020. So, you know, if you faded him, you likely missed out because he finished as the RB7 in points per game and the RB4 in total points. And He absolutely balled out and stayed on the field. So that's kind of what I'm talking about here. Maybe you remember people fading him, maybe you don't. But as someone who makes, you know, fantasy football content, that was a very common theme with Joe Mixon like, you know, I'm not falling for this again. When in reality, like everything changes every year, every situation is going to be different, you know, so that's something you definitely have to consider. So now let's talk about some players this season where I feel like people are kind of giving these guys the same treatment. And the first player is going to be a Christian McCaffrey. I've, you know, seen some people are totally back in on him. They'll take him as like a top three pick, but I've seen other people talking about like they wouldn't even take him in the first round. For me, He's my 101. I'm not saying he should be the consensus 101 because I think, you know, everyone has different ways they play fantasy football. Some people don't want to risk the injury, whatever. I think he should be a top three pick. The man was incredibly healthy for six straight seasons. He, you know, he's missed significant time over the last two years, but I'm just not willing to pass on the clear best fantasy football asset. And so maybe you don't like him as a top three pick, but I've also seen people say, like, I will not draft Christian McCaffrey. He is injury prone. Whatever. Anytime you're saying you will not draft this player, you're just not setting yourself up well. You're missing out on potential value. Like I'm someone who really dislikes Antonio Gibson this season. Like I hate him at price. But if Gibson is gonna fall 20 spots past ADP, I'm not just gonna blindly fade him because I don't like him at price, right? Like everything is changes. You know, you may get a value on a guy. So for me, I've taken Christian McCaffrey as number one the last two seasons. Obviously, he's burned me. Those teams haven't done well because he has been injured, and I'm going to do it once again here in 2021 or 2022, because if he balls out, I'm going to have a very solid chance of winning that league. Now, another running back that I think is kind of getting the same treatment, very similar reason here to Christian McCaffrey. It is Saquon Barkley. He's basically being fated for having back-to-back injury-riddled seasons, First one was an ACL, then he was returning off that ACL, and then tweaked an ankle. You know, he's been called injury prone. People think he may have fallen off, but when Saquon Barkley is healthy, he is an elite running back one for fantasy football, and I'm not going to be fading him for random like unlucky injuries. The dude was starting to ball out in week three and then week four, and then he's like after a play, watching something go on down the field, not paying attention, steps on someone's ankle, like tweaks it. That's not his fault. So I think, you know, if you don't love Christian McCaffrey, I'm not going to be fading Saquon for the injuries, but, you know, if you're someone who's like, I don't want to spend a top three pick on CMC, you can draft, you know, a similar archetype of player, high upside, you know, some injury issues in the past, but you're getting them at the back end of the second round. I've still seen people say like, not drafting Saquon, he's a walking injury. Another kind of sentiment I see, this is not exactly directly related to the topic of this video. But they'll be like, oh, this player has to prove this to me. Here's the problem. If you're saying Saquon has to prove he's healthy, okay, he goes out, plays 17 games this year, finishes as the RB5. You're not drafting him back into the second round next year. You're drafting him as a top five player. So that's the problem here. Like, you're in, you say, like, this guy has to show it to me. It basically means like you're not in on them. Same thing with rookies. Like, we're taking them over some proven fantasy options because we know the ceiling is there. And now the last player who I think is kind of being faded a little bit, and it is Trey Lance. And I feel like this one's going a little bit under the radar, but people were very, very hyped about Trey Lance as a rookie. People thought he was gonna beat out Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, would play a role, you know, sometime in year one. And so he was going as like a top 12 quarterback last off season. And this is, you know, without us even knowing if he was going to be the starter, So people were willing to kind of stash him because of the potential upside. And we didn't even know how he would be used. You know, we didn't know if the Niners would use him heavily in the run game. We didn't know anything. We didn't know that Debo Samuel would be an absolute stud. And now Trey Lance is basically being drafted in the similar spot to last season. Whereas like, I feel like this situation looks a hundred times better than last year. We just saw what Jalen Hurts did with bad weapons and rushing upside. The dude was a mid-tier QB1 without playing well and without having a strong offense around him. That is what rushing upside can give you at the quarterback position. You look at Trey Lance, weapons are stacked. George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, a really strong offensive line. And then you look at his rushing usage from last season. The dude had 31 carries in two and a half games as a starter. That is crazy rushing upside. I think we should all be more in on Trey Lance, and I just feel like I haven't seen the same people pounding the table for him, you know, who were so in on him last year. If you were in on him last year, you should be in, you know, times 500 this year because everything seems so much better. And here's the thing obviously, there's some concern that Jimmy Garoppolo is still going to be there. I would be shocked if Jimmy G is the week one starter, but once Jimmy G is either traded or released, Trey Lance's value is going to shoot up because we know he has that value locked in. But in my opinion, if we're playing like the risk reward game here, I think it's very likely that Trey Lance is the starter, but his value may go up like a round or two once that news breaks. So I'd rather get ahead of it, draft him now. And I just think people are kind of off on him because he didn't play. Seems kind of a weird situation. I feel like more people should be in on Trey Lance, but that's the general idea for this video. You know, try not to just blindly fade players just because they haven't performed for you in the past like it's not going to make a difference. You're probably going to be losing out on some potential value. Now, if someone burned you last year and you're like, I don't like the situation, it's very similar, totally fine, fade them. But if your only reason for fading someone is they didn't perform well last year on my team, I feel like you're kind of missing out. So that's the general idea here. If you guys enjoyed the video, hit that like button and subscribe to the channel and I'll see you guys in the next one.